With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Wired Access. We'll do it live. Wired Access. Do it live. Wired Access. Welcome to a Herd App production of Wired Access Podcast. I'm your host, DJ K-Dub Omaha. We are live at the Pinnacle Bank Championship, and we're on the 17th hole at the Herd App Pavilion, where they're actually giving away like 10 grand if you can hit a hole-in-one in this hole behind us. Who knows who's going to get it this weekend, if anybody. But we're welcoming today a Corn Ferry Tour, Scott Gachetsky, welcome to the show, along with my guy, Brian Southworth from Wired Training. Guys, this weather, can you ask for anything better? You're not sweating your butt off. Uh, did the rain hit you while you were playing? You just got done with a round. So you're, I'm coming from mowing nine lawns. So I, I like had to work before this. You're here after playing on this amazing golf course. Welcome to the show. How's, how's the feeling so far? Yeah, so far, so good. Um, we avoided the rain this morning. We got done before the rain. Just a typical August day in Nebraska, right? I mean, this is what it's like all the time around here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wish. Uh, so this is my first time just talking golf. I, I, I grew up, I was in high school. I went to Omaha South here. I actually played four years because my parents, like I played sports all the way up. But then when I got to high school, no one said, hey, Kendall, this is what you do. I went from school, school, school. And golf found my way. You know, I found golf. I loved it through the high school. But then when I was 18, senior year, eighth hole at Spring Lake during practice, um, my now wife of 23 years um, comes to the golf course and goes, hey, uh, you're going to be a dad. So (laughs) that dreams and hope and want and drive for golf had to turn around to getting a job and get on the real deal. How long have you been in this golf game? Because... One, I know you're a father of four that get to play golf. And and I think a sport like golf, it's not like the others. Like when it comes to seeing, then we got some good noise going behind <laughs> us. It's not like the rest where you have uh, all your family can play it and get good. You Like when it comes to soccer, not everybody can be the best at soccer and have a full family. What is it like sure. for you? Um, well, I started playing golf. I grew up, I'm a Ralston grad, um, so I grew up. Right there by um, Applewood to me, Johnny Goodman to the okay. people. Okay, yeah. Um, so I grew up playing. Uh, my first round of golf was at Milt's. Ooh. Uh, that, which I I had heard they're kind of thinking about getting rid I of it. I think so because they have that. exactly what. They have that gambling place yeah, next door, yeah. and, and, and I can only guarantee the traffic's not the same. Yeah. But everybody loves a good old three-hole milts. You take yeah. three clubs, if that. I mean, for yourself, probably one or two, but. Yeah, so I started when I was about eight or nine. I had, um, I'm a middle child. I have two sisters. Um, so I kind of wanted to be around my dad more, and we were going somewhere, and I jumped over the fence. Um, he was playing at Applewood with my grandpa and two of his friends. And we just happened to drive, I think it's like 101st Street that goes right through through Johnny Goodman and, 
saw them on the 11th green and I told mom, stop the car. Uh, I jumped out, jumped the fence and, and followed them around the rest of the day. Um, and we ended up going to Milt later that day. And, um, from that point on, you know, my older sister kind of started playing a little bit. I was probably eight or nine. Um, she was probably 11 or 12. Um, but from that point on, we just started, um, we started golfing. We'd go play the par three courses in town. Um, I played a lot at Terra Hills when it was nine holes back in the day. Oh man. The yeah. old school Terra yeah. Hills. I'd get, I'd get dropped off, um, up at Applewood. My mom would drop me off and Gene Johnson would get me on somewhere and I'd play with somebody, um, just random people. Um, but yeah, we'd play soccer and baseball and all that stuff growing up. But then, you know, we had a, we had a minivan or a van at the time. We'd have our clubs in the back and we got done playing. We'd go, we'd go play nine holes. And that's just kind of what we did. My mom started playing. Um, and yeah, it was just the best part is you kept it in family. Yeah. It was something we could all do together. Um, and, uh, you know, so I, you know, when me and my wife had kids, my, you know, my kids have gotten to be pretty good at golf. Um, but to me, it was just, you know, I just wanted it to be fun for them. Well, and when you think of the fun, it, 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 it's like you say, you never want to be beat. No matter how old we get as dads, we never want to be beat. It keeps you young. When people go, how do you DJ all the time? I'm like, dude, staying in the music, keeping the beat, keeping going. That's my style. I like it. Golf is something similar where you're constantly working on your craft, but now you're adding the effect that you get to challenge the kids and you get to challenge the family and make it where it's like, I'm not going to let them beat me no much, no matter what they think. How's that kind of feeling for you as they get older? They're getting better. They might be going for that PGA card. I don't know. I mean, that's got to be a yeah. goal, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think that's a lot of kids that play competitively. I think that's kind of in the, one of their goals and their dreams. Um, it's hard. I mean, it's, it's hard. You know, it's not good enough to be good enough anymore. There's so many people that play. It's become so much more popular. A lot of that because of Tiger, right? I mean, he, he made the game cool. He made you watch right? on Sundays. Yeah. You, you yeah. wanted to watch when Tiger's involved on a yeah, Sunday. Yeah, exactly. And it's still like that, right? I mean, even though his body hasn't quite kept up, I mean, people still want to see what he does, right? Because he was so amazing for so long. See, and, and, for, and you just you want to see it one more time, right? For you, though, you can also embrace how him and his son are playing. Sure. And, yeah. and Brian can relate to this because it's <laughs> Brian loves baseball. Well, now his son's in baseball. You know, when you get those things where you can find those similarities, you all, you, you almost want them to be way better than you, not just better than you, right? I mean, because if you see Tiger, Tiger Woods' son come up and be this guy, you're like, okay, now we – but is it too much pressure at some times? Well, I, th- I think it can be. I mean, I think those, those expectations can be heavy, right? Um, now, I've never, I've never tried to put anything on them. I've kind of um, just said – have fun, you know, and, and my whole philosophy on, on sports in general, not just golf was I've seen, I remember growing up, I remember seeing so many kids that were so good at things and then they get to college and they found out there's so many other things they can do, right? Their parents aren't making them practice. Their coaches aren't on them all the time. It's kind of like everybody else here is really good. We're going to focus on the guys who really want to be here and really want to work. And I don't think you're going to be, I don't think you're really going to excel at any type of athletics or anything unless you really enjoy doing it. Um, at some point you're just going to be like, this is a joke. Like I don't take the is, shoes. It's I'm a job. Yeah, yes. it's, a, it's a job. And, 
um, if you love it, you're going to put in the work and you're going to get better. Um, I by no means was a great junior player or a great college player. Even, I mean, I played, I played three or four man most of the time on my college team. Well, when you um, think of that though, real quick, I mean, on the college aspect, if I'm a high school golf athlete, like, like there's always that saying, go play golf or go play tennis. If you're not playing a major sport, the scholarships are there, the opportunity, because if you keep playing, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I love free golf. I yeah. mean, we played all over the city, <laughs> but those opportunities aren't something that you'll always get. So if you can get them on a education base, what was that like? Is there actually a recruiting process that you had to go through going from Ralston to uh, Creighton and then Nebraska? How did that go? Yeah. I mean, I, I made a couple of recruiting trips. I made a recruiting trip over to Drake and then I made a Does trip. Does that count down free golf? If, if you do the recruiting, uh, yeah, I don't, trip? you know, I don't, I don't know what the NCAA thinks about actually playing golf on a recruiting trip. I mean, it's been I'm a while. Sure. So ain't no one going to get fined for that. Uh, I remember, uh, I remember sitting in the office with the Drake coach. I remember him telling me, you're not good enough to play here. We're really good. And I was like, all right, like, that's fine. So I ended up at Creighton. Um, I, I had a great, I spent one year at Creighton playing golf. Um, Creighton was pretty much my only opportunity to play golf at division one. Um, Debbie Connery, who's, I think she's still the women's coach. Um, gave me a little scholarship and I played there and I played, I, you know, I played one season there and I had a great time. Um, but I was a little more focused on the golf than the academics. Yeah. Um, and I had a pretty decent, I had a pretty decent year and then I had a pretty decent summer. Um, and I got in touch with the coach down Lincoln, who was Larry Romju at the time. Um, and just talked to him about transferring. He just kind of said, you know, I don't, I'm not sure what happened. Like, you were a nice high school player. You just kind of slipped through the cracks on us. Um, but we'd love to have you down here. He said, I don't have any money, but you can walk on. So I walked on down there. Um, got pretty fortunate. Um, one of their good players who was a year ahead of me, who still lives here in Omaha, was Ryan Niefeld. And he had some knee problems. And he decided to have knee surgery and redshirt my first year in Lincoln. And that opened up a spot for me. And uh, I pretty much played every tournament from there on. Well, and they say things happen for a reason. Obviously, Brian, you remember him when he first got into the PGA when you Brian had a reference to this, okay? And 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 I I'm in my 40s, so I can't say nothing, but he goes, "Yeah, I was I remember in high school, he was up there playing." <laughs> so, you know, it's like that connection, Brian. What do you remember about, you know, Scott as you were growing up and and that part of it? Just little, you know, my my father uh took me to a few like golf thing just here and there i was never good but it was like anytime i feel like nebraska anytime there's like a nebraska guy like doing something cool in athletics i mean people always rally behind that you know so it was kind of cool just following everything and, and that's what that's what it's all about is making that connection just like terrence crawford i mean now they're yeah. finally giving something to him with that big parade that they're going to mm -hmm. do this weekend you know and you think of stuff like that you get a play for nebraska you get a play for home what did that mean to you and what was your goals after that? Yeah, I mean, I think I was I think I was like most kids that grew up in Nebraska in the 80s and 90s, right? Like I remember I remember playing catch with my dad in the backyard and thinking I was Irving Fryer, right? And I'm <laughs> yeah. I'm Mike Rozier making all these moves and I'm you know, I'm all these guys through the years. Um cuz that's what you, when you grow up here then when they were great 
like you wanted to play football for Nebraska, right? right. Like that was what every kid wanted to do here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, I played it. I played football at Ralston. We weren't good, right? <laughs> <laughs> like we were not good, but I got to play against some really good players. And, you know, at some point there, the writing was on the wall that you're not going to play football in Nebraska. <laughs> right. I think we played uh, my senior year. We played against Amon Green and he had a sprained ankle. Didn't know if he was going to play. Right. Like whatever. Um, Osborne was at the game. So he decided to tape it up and play first play. <laughs> they pitch it to him. He goes like 60 yards. For a touchdown. <laughs> right. Oh, he's hurt. Well, okay. You know, and he just runs us over the whole game. And I mean, you know, he's playing both ways, just total freak. Um, so, I mean, it was obvious that I wasn't going to do that. Um, but, you know, just to be a Husker is is cool. Um, and I take a lot of pride in that. And I take a lot of pride in the golf program down there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's just um, – that's that's what we have here, right? We don't have – We don't have a protein. We don't have a protein, right? Everybody's like, are we you a Kansas City a, fan? I'm like, yeah. no, I'm not a Chiefs fan. You yeah. know why? Because when I was growing up, the Niners are the ones who drafted – Tom Rathman, Roger Craig, and those are my those are the Huskers. Those yeah. are the ones I remember. Yeah. Kansas City didn't get them until the nineties. Yeah. And, and then you got the nineties that come through, and that makes me go, okay, but it still doesn't make my love there. And it all relates back to Nebraska. And when you talk about you get to play for there, what was even the thought to go, I want to do golf at that level? What went off in your mind? You were playing multiple sports. What made you decide golf was the one to to even go to college and play. Yeah, I guess it was probably the only one that maybe I was good enough to play. Um, you know, gosh, I mean. Dude, I mean, because are there coaches that come to these tournaments sometimes? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we got um, college, I mean, high school golf, college golf. I mean, it's the golf parent is just like every other parent, right? <laughs> just like, just like the basketball parent, gotcha. just like the soccer parent. Just, uh, did I mean, you see the swing that I've, I've sent five times to you? Haven't but yeah, it? I mean, it's, it's, um, yeah, golf is, it's big. I mean, you look at some of these, like, it sounds crazy, but some of these top 10, top 20 schools, their kids are flying private to all these tournaments that they go play at. They're playing at wow. some of the best courses in the world. Um, it's a big deal. You look at the facilities a lot of these universities have, they're like world-class facilities. Like some of the best golf practice facilities and golf courses in the world are for these university teams, which is for, you know, if it's for the men's and women's teams, but it's for about 20 people on the planet. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy. The money that they pump into golf, um, in the NCAA. Um, yeah, I mean, Oh, and it, it kind of started at Oklahoma state with Mike Holder, who's now the AD down there, but I mean, they're just, I think they're spending 40 million to redo their golf course down there. And it's like crazy, crazy money that they're throwing to be good at golf. Now to be good at golf is time getting comfortable with the same consistent swing. What do you think is one of the hardest processes that you had in high school, but college was able to maybe get you a little better over that hump because yes, it is hitting consistently, but it's also just one tweak that one right coach can make for you. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's an element of luck there and guys move around from teacher to teacher. Um, I think being down in Lincoln, being around players that were better than me helped, um, uh, just learning from watching them and learning to talk to talking with them and learning, um, from being competitive with them in practice. I mean, we would, you know, there were, 
I think my senior year, there were four of us that went to every tournament and then we kind of shuffled the fifth guy in, in and out. Um, but we just, um, we all got along pretty well, but we just wanted to beat each other's brains in, you know, <laughs> I mean, we were just, it was just a, it was it's a, a competitive, you was, have to yeah, have that drive yeah, or else yeah. you're not going to get better. And right. That's, and that, and in, and in college golf and team golf, the best, the best thing you can do to help your team is to go beat everybody. Yeah. Which is kind of, you know, it's it's a little bit different aspect. I mean, well, especially um, in this day and age, everybody's number one relation to golf is drinking around while you're driving around and just going with the buddies. But when you really have to get into focus and get into that, what's the difference between the average and what's the what's the thing that makes you go, okay, I gotta be locked in and i because obviously even getting your card tour card is an up and down process because it could be injuries it could be age it could be all these factors that come into that aspect yeah i mean it's just it's hard it's just trying to make um you know i think the best golfers in the world their bad shots are better like everybody's good shot is the same right like everybody's good shot is really really good um but if I can make my bad shot a little bit better than the next guy's bad shot, that puts me in a better position to score throughout the course of a week. Um, so I think it's just kind of managing your expectations, understanding you're not going to be perfect, doing the best with what you have, and then just to keep trying and not giving up. You know, I mean, it's easy to get down on yourself out here. We hit a lot of, sh- I mean, there's so much time to think. There's so much golf. time to think. <laughs> and we hit, um, what would you say yeah. you average the amount of balls that you like, even with I, up? Yeah, I don't hit as many balls now as I did when I was younger. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard in the winter. Uh, I don't hit many balls, um, but it, it kind of dep- it just depends. I mean, I would say on a really a really heavy day, I'll probably hit 250 to 300 balls. But I would say most days it's probably less than 100. Um, I just can't. My body just—I can't stand that. <laughs> We're balls not like getting younger. I totally yeah. get you. And, and and what I love about the sport of golf, and and Brian's now experiencing it, is it's one of the only sports that you can give back in such a big way, like a fundraiser for a baseball team or a team function. What does that mean for the sport? Is it something where it's looked at for money, or do you think it also helps these younger kids realize, okay, there's there's potential in the golf because it's kind of it's kind of weird having a baseball team what do you think brian on on your side i mean this is your first time you're it's eye-opening you're like trying to get everybody to you know get on the one page but it's the one sport that can give back in that way because normally no nobody has a softball tournament with adults to to get fundraiser yeah i mean it's crazy i mean you you walk around here i mean there's so mean so much support from businesses and and everything else going around i mean we're having a a golf tournament next friday for our baseball team and i mean that's going to fund half of our season just so many people are willing to kind of help out with that i mean it's definitely golf has that that community feel like that everyone can do it you don't have to be good i mean I'm totally expecting to lose about 20 golf balls next Friday. <laughs> just uh, 20. That's so, all. I mean, it's it's a great sport. Just around. So if around. you have golf balls to donate, Brian Southworth has taken them at Wire Training. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you think of that aspect of, of the sport and, yeah. and eyes on? Yeah, I mean, I gosh, I agree. I mean, golf's like it, it's the one thing where you're you're just kind of playing against the golf course, right? And 
like I said, everybody can have a really good shot, right? Even somebody who just picks up a club, like sometimes just getting in the air is, is super gratifying for someone. Um, but your good shots can be really good and you don't have to be very good. Like, you know, to have fun playing, yes. um, assuming you're in the right company, right? <laughs> yeah. um, you know, but it's like basketball. If you're a guy that isn't good at basketball and you can barely hit the backboard, like nobody wants to play with you or no. tennis. You kind of need somebody you similar ability to, hit the ball yeah. back to, to you, play right? with. <laughs> but yeah, but golf, like I can go out and play with, I can go out and play with my seven-year-old who does all sorts of crazy stuff out there. Um, and we can have fun, right? Um it's not, you know, it's not like, you know, it's not like playing catch with a little kid who, yeah. where you're just chasing the ball half the time. Right. Um, They're chasing the ball. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, dad, did you watch that one? You watched that one. Right. And you're like, it's, it's neon pink for a reason. So yeah. you can see it. Yeah. But I think that aspect of it to where, you know, if you're, if you're with the right people having fun, um, maybe you have a few drinks and you just kind of enjoy being outside and, and, you know, most golf courses are pretty, are, are pretty, you know, um, and being in nature and, and stuff like that. I think it's, I think it's just a good experience. And I think you learn a lot about people with how they handle themselves on the golf course. Um, so no, uh, happy Gilmore throwing of the club well, or everybody has their moments, right? <laughs> <laughs> We're not judging, right? That's right. No judgment here. No judgment here. So you play in, at the collegiate level. What do you think is one of your favorite golf courses that you got to play? And what's a tournament that you remember to this day? Because golf is different than some of the other sports on that aspect where like you more remember the moments with your team. Then you remember a golf course or a, a baseball field. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, we had some we had some really awful memories at Big Twelves. <laughs> we played Big Twelves every year down in Hutchinson, Kansas at a golf course called Prairie Dunes, um, which is like it's like a top twenty golf course in the world, um, which is like Hutchinson, Kansas, really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's it's amazing. It's in college, I just hated it. Um we we were a pretty good team in college and i think my i think it was my junior year we played really bad and our coach was really upset and he <laughs> just kind of everybody got in the van and closed the doors and we got about 10 miles down the road and he got pulled over and got a speeding ticket he was, <laughs> not, he was not happy what's punishment uh, look like in college yeah ball? what what yeah. is punishment make you and, run you know, or what we're gonna need you I to run hold remember, hold. Uh, you know our my college coach he was not a huge talker um you know he was he would get his he'd get his sweater tied around his shoulders and he'd just stand there with his arms crossed <laughs> and he just kind of have his lips closed and he'd just kind of shake his head a little bit. And Can you, and you knew like, I got to do better. He's not happy, yeah. you know, but he wasn't a yeller. He was, you know, he was just kind of like, and he was a good player in his own right. Um, and, and I find myself thinking the same thing, watching younger guys. Now it's like, you guys just make it harder than it has to be. You know, and that's the what that's the message he was get, trying to get across to us, which took me a long time to learn. Um, but it can like be, every every yeah, you know, yeah. college student and yeah. every college athlete. Yeah. And of course, the game of golf it's different as well because it isn't like uh, you know you can go run laps afterwards or there's no punishment. And when you think of those things as as 
how do we get better but know that the discipline's there was there anything as far as discipline that you felt or you felt like okay now i know i got to turn it up just a little bit besides just the this yeah not too bad i mean in i guess in college golf most of the most of the punishment you know the quote unquote punishment is comes in form of qualifying right like you you typically travel five guys to a tournament and usually have somewhere between 8 and 12 guys on a team so you know, some guys have to stay home. So if you're doing well, the coach just kind of says you're going next week. But if you're not doing well, you have to qualify and you have to play against the team and earn your spot to go again. So I guess that would probably be the closest thing we really experienced to punishment. I mean, there's not a lot. Yeah, no, but like, I like not that though. Run, I mean, it, you know, it'd be like I guess it'd be like a running back having a bad game. Yeah, and you say, well, you know, we're gonna have like tryouts this week and you got to earn your spot again yeah um so that yeah that's kind of how college golf works and when you think of the omaha area and you think of the lincoln area what's your favorite golf course locally that you would recommend to uh people coming in from out of town locally um gosh we're getting a lot of really good ones here um lately you know we had a we had a long time where all of our good ones were way out west um i you know i, I grew up on platteview i've always loved platteview um you know, if you can get on Omaha Country Club, I think that's that's pretty hard to beat. If you can get on, if you can, yeah. You said the big if, but I mean, I love Johnny Goodman. I love Benson. I think we have two really good, you know, eighteen hole golf courses here in town. It's one hole of Benson that just eats me up every time. <laughs> it's like the one that goes like straight left. Oh yeah, there. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that like five? It's yeah, yeah. it's right there. I mean, yeah. it's like one of the hardest par fours yeah. in the state. I lose yeah. probably two balls at that hole for sure. <laughs> it, so. it, you know, it's what I love about it is it's a sport that can be just as punishing as the other sports, just as punishing as baseball, whether it's keeping your head down. I remember there was times where I had to bite my shirt just so I didn't, you know, pull my head when I'm I'm hitting off the tee. And it's just those little aspects that you're like that no one you kind of just learn through the process. I think the funnest time, how, how many hole in ones have you been a part of? I've been a part of one where the coach left because it was raining. And we're on the second hole at Spring Lake. That was our, our home yeah. course because I was at South. And uh, my buddy shoots it off the off the tee, gets a hole in one, and we're up top. And we're all jumping around. Dude ends up with a bloody lip because we're all like, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, like those are the memories and the things that sure. you really lock in. How many of those have you been able to see and be a part of? I think I've made five or six hole in ones. Um, those have been a lot of fun. Um, I've seen a couple. Nothing like super crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I made a couple in tournaments. I made my first, I didn't make my first hole in one until I was like 30 years old. I, it was on my uh, middle son's first birthday. Wow. So, which was kind of, which was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's stuff like that. I mean, it's a crazy game, right? Like you can just be on top of the world and then you can want to quit like two swings later. Well, right. and I'm glad you you brought that up. Obviously, going through your process, how was the first process to get your PGA Tour? How did that go, and and what is it like? Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's crazy. You know, growing up as a kid in Omaha, you don't have a lot of exposure to professional golf. Um, I was fortunate enough in 2003 to get um, to get a sponsor exemption into this tournament when it was over at Champions, um, and kind of played my way onto this tour. And really didn't have any idea what I was doing. I mean, just out there, I was I was playing good, but just kind of 
had you know i didn't know a lot of guys who had played out here um that's do you have to go finding it or does it find you i guess like if i'm if i'm a college golfer here locally and, and i'm trying to get on is it something that will find me or do i have to go find no, it you got to go find it um i was playing the mini tours they had a they had a tour called per, the prairie tour uh i played the hooters tour played the canadian tour uh played a tour down in texas called the adams tour um yeah it's and then you play state opens and stuff like we have a nebraska state open in september up in columbus um and you just travel around you play and you try to make money and get experience and get better and then like a tournament like this could be your big shot um you know we got i think we got eight monday qualifiers this week um who wouldn't be here if they didn't play well monday that's a huge opportunity for them uh we got a couple other local guys that have won local tournaments to get into this i know nate bonds from lincoln is playing luke kluver from norfolk and then we got Carson Shockey from Omaha, who's a tour member but hasn't gotten into anything this year. Uh, Noah Hoffman, kind of the same story. Uh, he's from McCook. Um, if I'm forgetting any Omaha guys, I apologize, or any more Nebraska guys, I apologize. But it's a you know it's a great opportunity for them to get a play in front of their families on a little bit bigger stage, um, and you know it can it can definitely change the trajectory of your professional career just playing well. What what do you think is like just the process? through your week to get to this week like what's the week before and what's what's just the time that you have to invest in and obviously everybody's time that they invest like you said as you get older you're not out there hitting the most balls but there has to be some procedure that you feel comfortable with that you'll consistently try to go back to the well and keep it keep it going fresh yeah one of the things i started doing i guess almost a year ago was i was just you know i played on the on the PGA tour last year and I was just kind of running out of gas. Um, so for me, um, just trying to stay on my workouts is a big thing. I'm not great about it, but I'm, I'm better than I used to be. And I think I've understand the importance of that. Um, and you know, when I went and, and met my guy, I just said, Hey, I said, I, I'm not looking to hit it 50 yards further. I'm not looking, trying to look like tiger, you know, like, I just need to, you know, on Sunday, I need to be like 85% instead of 75%. Like, if you can help me with that, like, I'm going to be better off. Um, and he has helped a lot. Um, and that's that's been good for me. That's a super important par- part of it for me. Um, you know, it's at some point, you know, I'm 46 years old. My golf swing is what it is. What it is. Like, I'm going to fall into some of the same bad tendencies over time, but I can – most of the time I can recognize, recognize those myself every once in a while. I have to go see my teacher. Um, but you know, say that louder though. I mean, oh. you're 46 years old and you're, you're okay to admit that sometimes I just got to go to that teacher. Like sure, it sure. doesn't mean that the learning or even just the refocus, I think it's more of a refocus than it is. Cause you've already said you are the guy who you are. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a refocus. It's having somebody that you trust, kind of look at your look at your swing and what you're doing and saying hey like you're a little off here and you know i can't always see it right um um so yeah i mean that's super huge being able to understand when you're struggling a little bit to ask for help and not just in golf but anything right yeah like like we get ourselves in such a big hole um and sometimes we can't stop digging right and we just keep digging and that hole keeps getting deeper and then by the time you do ask for help you're way worse off than you would have been if you just would have 
asked a little earlier. What I like though is you also referred of like you're working out just to maintain more than it is to to like you're not looking to go beast out 450 squat 450 pound <laughs> squats or or anything like that. But you know that the mental struggle is to maintain. I mean, that's, that's everybody. Sure. I mean, Brian, you're so busy sometimes. How do you like, it's like, you know, you need to find those workouts. How are you finding the time yourself, Brian? And then as well, Scott, how do you find time in the day to make sure that uh, you try to get better for yourself? Yeah. I mean, if I don't have like a, a detailed schedule, like every minute that I'm going to spend the next day, like I get off. So I think it's just like, man, you got to map out your week, like weeks ahead and, and just kind of have a little plan and a little structure and something you can go back to and you know, it's going to work. So, yeah, I mean, for me, it's just, I, you know, our, our schedules change every week. We don't really know when we're playing on Thursday, Friday till Tuesday. So I need a little bit more flexibility in that and my travel, you know, I mean, if I'm flying around, I'm at the mercy of the airlines, right. Or the hotel um, that might not or, have, or something. the hotel that might not have something. Never easy to fly uh, to Omaha too. Yeah. Places you're going. Yeah. So, yeah. So a little bit of flexibility is good. And, um, my guy's been really good about working with me on that. And then it's just, it's so it's, it, it bothers me a lot. It's so frustrating because I know after I do my workout, I'm going to feel better, Yeah, but it's just getting yourself to do it. Right. Like, I wish they could just sell a workout drink, right? <laughs> like, this why can't we do that? This, this will make me feel better. Because if you think those 300 milligrams of caffeine are doing it, it's not going to yeah. get you the energy <laughs> that right. you really need. So when you think of a PGA Tour uh, golf player like yourself who's been on and off, what does the job consistency go? And, and what do you do for work? How do, how do you even fit work in when you still got to be or try to be to the PGA tour part as yeah. I mean, this is, this is it. I mean, this is my job. I mean, I kind of, I've been fortunate. Um, I had a couple, I've had a couple injuries through the years. Um, so they're from about 12 to 18. I didn't get to play a whole ton, a lot. Um, but yeah, this is kind of it. Like I've, I didn't know I've if been, you might go to training or what'd you do during that time? Like when you weren't being able to play as much, that's uh, well, I did teach a little bit. I taught a little bit up at players club, um, I helped, I was a volunteer assistant in Creighton for a couple of years. Um, I've enjoyed that. I put on a junior golf camp one year, um, up at players club. I, you know, I really enjoy that aspect of it, but, um, as much fun as that was like, it didn't, it's quite, not playing. It's not playing. It's not playing. Well, when you ask that part, do you, is, have you ever even thought of what is beyond playing? What is the next step for Scott? Obviously you have your kids coming up in the game and they're, they're starting to take that role. Is it okay to be dad and be where you're able to watch them on a weekend for their tournament? And yeah, I mean, I love watching my kids play. Um, I, I do everything I can to watch them play as much as possible. Um, my wife and I will go watch my oldest son play at Iowa state. We'll go watch. Um, we watched my, my daughter played for Duchenne for four years. We'd go watch her all the time. Um, and that, and now my middle son plays for West Side, and we watch him play all the time. Um, and we try to get out as much as we can to watch him, knowing that you know I can't totally neglect my playing and yeah. what I have to do. Um, but yeah, we, I mean, we watch him a ton, um, and it's fun. It's fun. I try to, I try to help him as much as I can without being pushy. Um, and I, 
And, you know, I think, I think playing and understanding how hard the game is, um, I think helps me a little bit. I, you know, obviously whenever you watch any one you care about and they don't perform as well as you think they can, it, it's, I don't want to say it's frustrating, but you want to help them get better. Right. Um, you know, the potential, but I understand the potential there. Um, but it's, it's fun to watch. Um, it's fun to watch them succeed and it's fun to watch them struggle. Um, so a lot to uh, learn from both those. Yeah. It's, but it's hard. I mean, you got to let your kids fail a little bit, right? Absolutely. Like we want to, we want to sprinkle the magic dust on them and let them be successful at everything, but you don't, it, it's really hard to learn things when you're succeeding. Right. Um, so I tell them, try to learn from your mistakes, but more importantly, try to learn from somebody else's mistakes, right? <laughs> like if you're, if you're playing with a kid and he's doing stupid stuff, like don't do that stupid <laughs> stuff too, right? Like that's better than learning from your own mistakes. Um, so, you know, I, I try to help them, but I, then I try to let them learn on their own. They're pretty stubborn. What, um, what's the biggest uh, struggle and learning process that you've had to do for yourself in your, your golf game that, it, you might even be able to help someone that might be going through something similar. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's, for me, it's been staying on top of things. Um, it's been, um, doing the little things every day for me. It's like checking my alignment, um, checking my ball position, um, doing those little things that can be a little bit off every day. Um, and then they can make you think you're doing something else wrong. So I stay on top of the little things, kind of, you know, and the way I explain it, to my kids or other people is like, it's like brushing your teeth, like put your alignment sticks down, check your ball position. Um, you should do that every time you go practice um, just so that you're not, just so that you're not getting off and then trying to correct it with something else. Um, so that's something I've been a lot more diligent about probably the last eight to 10 years. Um, and it's helped me a lot. I mean, it, it helps. I mean, you know, you can't brush your teeth you know, once a month. And <laughs> that's right. That's right. Like that doesn't work. Well, and I like that you brought that up because, you know, Brian, you can speak on this. I mean, you're, you're a trainer. So people think that you're trying to adjust multiple things, but you're going to adjust one at a time, just as he's saying, whether it is the alignment or whether it is this, what is, what is that like? Just even being a trainer that has to teach these people how important it is not to change the whole wheel. Yeah. Just one part, one aspect. Well, I mean, going back like a little bit more to like the small things. I mean, those are never the sexy things about like training, right? Like, yeah. I mean, getting out like the alignment sticks, right? Like, or, or doing something like that. Like, no kid wants to do that. They just want to put the ball there and try to hit it in the hole or hit it as far as they can, right? So, you know, I think it's getting them to kind of form their process and like, hey, this is like just part of it. This is something you got to do every day. Yeah. Um, but never the fun stuff if you're working on the stuff you want to work on you're probably not working on the things you should be working on right yeah i agree and i think i think that's got to be age appropriate too right yeah. like when you're when you're six or seven like yeah just go have fun right like hit the ball as hard as you can throw it as far as you can uh do whatever you want but then when you get a little older and you're trying to refine your skills and stuff you need need to be a little more focused and a little um but I think it's got to stay fun, right? Yeah, like, but, absolutely. but I think you're hundred percent right. Like you need a plan and you need, um, you know, you need a little bit more focus, a little more intent. Um, but hopefully, you know, hopefully those kids develop that love early. Um, 
and then they can understand like, okay, this can be fun, but I can still have a little bit of focus and, yeah. and meaningful. Practice. If I do this, this is going to lead. To yeah. Fun yeah. I'm play yeah, better. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Now being on, on a big stage, like the tour, is it, is it kind of where people are more friendly or is it, or is it straight business? I only ask because I'm like, is there an, a golfer that has really kind of inspired you, but maybe not be like a Tiger Woods or someone of that that statue where maybe someone might not even know his name, but just their calm demeanor and the way they play. There's a lot of there's a lot of really good role models out there. A lot of a lot of people that have been that have helped me, whether they know it or not, just watching how they take care of their business and stuff. Um, the tour is a little bit more of a circus. Um, you know, if you're out here on Tuesday watching practice rounds, there's usually three or four guys playing, and it's usually their caddies. But you know, you go out on tour and like you'll see a you'll see a threesome, and there'll be 15 people walking with the group, right? Like guys, trainer, guys, nutritionist, guys, <laughs> uh, swing coach, making sure he's got the, coach. like the there's candy in his pocket to keep there, the energy yeah, going. Yeah, like if you watch, like if you go up on the range here and see what's up here, there's you know three four times as many people at a tour event on the range and there's just you know there's i think we got four or five trucks here this week for the manufacturers and there's eight or ten and they're all twice as big i mean it's just it's just a bigger show and that's just because there's bigger money in it right mm -hmm. i mean um but it it can be super distracting out there it's uh it's for a for a golfer it's like christmas morning every day because you just go out there and you don't even ask for stuff and they're asking you to try new stuff like they're, hey you want to try this you want to try that i'm like well yeah and, and the wife's at home like please do not bring home yeah. another this another that another this so you think of uh the family support at home what is it like to be a, a golfer's wife what is her lifestyle does she have to i mean because i know when i coach football that's four to five months that my wife's mm -hmm. single mother and it sucks because we had four kids and a lot of activities everywhere. So I'm yeah. grateful to be able to do what I loved, but I also now look back and I'm like, man, I could I have done better. Mm -hmm. Could I have maybe, and I think I applied everything that I could, but you know, time is money, you know, especially when it's a job. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we feel like we've done a pretty good job. Um, so when I, I got out here in 03 and 04 was my first full year out here. And I got my card that year, but early in 04, we, you know, our oldest was nine months old. Um, and we decided like, okay, we're going to get an RV and we're going to travel in this RV. That's awesome. So we had an RV and we traveled around in that for, and played, whether it was this tour or the PGA tour for about, I guess until he was about six. Um, so about five years, um, we'd travel around the RV and, uh, that was kind of our way to do it. Um, and everybody was together. It was definitely kind of a traveling circus, uh, <laughs> but it was fun. We were together and we saw a lot of stuff. We saw a lot of part of the country and, um, then he had to start school and we had briefly talked about homeschooling, but we finally decided that neither of us could really handle that oh <laughs> yeah. i could only imagine remind uh, me like COVID. well i'm yes. glad that he brought up he brought up an rv because i mean brian your kids are young enough i'm gonna tell you now if there was one thing i wish i would have done when my kids were young was get an rv for the amount that you spend in hotels you might as well have an rv now i'm not telling your whole team to get it 
and you might be the party outside of the hotel that they stay at. <laughs> but I'm just telling you, your kids are young enough. You're going to be doing enough travel ball. Don't miss the opportunity and be like I am as my son's a senior, the last one, and go, man, I wish I would have had yeah. an RV. <laughs> it, was, it was a great way for us to travel. You know, we had – the kids had all their stuff. I had all my golf stuff. Um, we were sleeping in the same bed every night. Like, it was – it was a great way to travel. We kept it a little bit after they kept got in school. Um, probably had it till about, oh, I don't know, maybe 2010 or 2011. Um, but it was a great way to travel. And then even when they were in school, we got in the summer and we'd take it out and we'd be gone all summer. Um, but it was a great way to travel. I wouldn't, it, you know, I don't know if it had a positive or negative influence on my performance on the course but i wouldn't change it i mean we had great times so. i mean to me the travel part i mean you're in relaxation i mean planes whether you're taking a bus with a group or whether you're you're even in a car is nothing compared to relaxation that you can be in an rv and and be able to just you know especially if you played and you're like okay honey drive for a few hours i'll pick up but let me get off my feet yeah. like it, it's got to be more of a that comfort feeling than it is knowing that you got to get on a plane or you have to, you know, yeah, there was some freedom associated with it for sure. Um, and yeah, and it was just, it was great. I mean, there were 10 or 15 other guys that were doing it. Um, and it was just, it was a great way for us to see the country and be together. And, uh, yeah, it just made a ton of sense for us. And it was, it was a great time. Well, now you're having a great 2023 back in April, you won the sun, Suncoast mm -hmm. uh, Classic. Yep. What was that like? I mean, the guy that you were, I think, going up in competition against was almost half your age, right? I mean, yeah, it, give or take, give or take <laughs> a year or two. I mean, those those are the. It's got to feed into why you do what you do, right? You're like, it's gonna it's gonna burn that fire just a little bit more. Sure, it's. It, I mean, I guess it's kind of like, I guess it's the appeal of golf in general, right? Like you see got people that don't play as well and you talk about people who enjoy it that aren't necessarily great but there's that next shot can i do it that next time right so it's kind of i guess it's kind of similar to that it's like gosh can i do it again right like um and it's just like you always you know i've heard you've heard max Homa say like every every professional golfer is like one swing away from retiring or one swing away from thinking they're going to win the masters right <laughs> um so i mean that's kind of the eternal optimist that you kind of have to be to play this game um and you know i mean it was it was a pretty it was a pretty awesome week down there right? it was it was a blast i won't forget that and now of course on the what, what is the difference between like is the corn ferry tour is that like like the miners how does that rate when you look at because there's so many tours out there it's it's understanding what it is yeah it's i guess it's hard to really define what the corn ferry tour is other than it's it's the pathway to the pga tour it's kind of where you have to go um you know you look at the numbers of golfers you know you have your european tour and stuff like that um but this is the way to get to the pga tour um and you can kind of control your own destiny right once you get out here like if you play well they can't keep you down it's not like minor leagues right yeah. where if you're just behind an all-star you might be stuck there whether you're a potential all-star or not unless you get traded or something um we kind of we kind of control our own destiny out here right like if we play well we're going to be rewarded um that's like one of the things out here that's like one of the tough love things it's like 
you don't like what you're doing, play better. But it's not like, <laughs> but it, but it's not like that in all sports, right? Right. Like, everyone doesn't control their own destiny. They're at the mercy of owners and management. Um, so, like, I don't know how to really define the Corn Ferry Tour other than um, it's a really unique blend of super talented golfers. Some guys, um, this may be as far as some guys get. But you also have guys here this week that are going to win majors. Um, so that's a pretty um, – Knowing that that it, opportunity it's, 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 is it's there. A, yeah, it's a pretty wide range Like on when you look at like the career thing. But like you couldn't pick those guys out on the range, which is pretty amazing, right? Like you couldn't pick that guy that because I guarantee you there's guys that are that are playing this week that Corn Ferry Tour is as far as they're going to go. Yeah. And then you got you could have a guy next to him that's going to win majors. And you can watch them hit balls, and you're not going to know which one's which. No, this is pretty amazing, right? <laughs> yeah, because I mean, there's amazing. only there's only a few like names that will always stick out in the in the sport of golf sure. un- until you win that big event. When you win those events, like even your previous, how much pressure does that put? For your next performance is it as bad as like other sports i mean you think of if you hit the cycle in baseball which is the rarest thing mm-hmm. out there right one of the rarest things what do you do next or what you know like yeah i mean i th- i think expectations can be tough um but in a way i think you can also free yourself up you know it's like out here um you know we want to really make hay when we're playing well so there's pressure from that side of things, right? You know you're playing well. You want to keep playing well. And you know that it's such a fine line. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's just being aware of that and then just trying to understand that, um, gosh, I don't know. I mean, that's a tough one. Well, um, let's, let's, let's get you out of here on this one. Yeah. What's your best way to calm yourself and get yourself reset when you're in a major that – you know, you really take pride in this is what I know I have to do to be the guy I want to be. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of that has come with time and understanding that, um, that like I have my own way of doing things. And even though the, the analytics may say this or the data may say this, like I know what works for me and I have to stay patient and, you know, check off all the things I need to do my, my working out, my, you know, all those all those things I need to do. And I know that I get confidence from knowing that when I check those off, I'm going to be in a better place to play physically and mentally. Um, and then just trusting that I'm pretty good, you know, and you know, I can, you have to I have that swagger. It. Like yeah. if you, if you don't, I mean, Brian, you, you say it all the time. If you don't have the swagger to be the man, you will never be the man. Like yeah, what, I always like, tell, yeah. what I always tell people is like literally the some of the best hitters I know are some of the dumbest people I know, right? I mean, they don't know if they just struck out three times or like they just hit four home runs. It's the yeah. same approach every time, and they're going up to a bat and they think they're gonna hit another home run, right? It's just yeah. it's it. It's they forget everything yeah. in the past. Well, once again, I appreciate this opportunity by Herd at Sports as we're here at the Pinnacle Bank Championship at the Herd at Pavilion on the 17th hole. Remember, if there's a hole-in-one on this hole, someone's getting $10,000. It could be Scott, could be anybody else. Once again, I'm your host, DJ K-Dub Omaha, and we'll see you next time. A Herd at Sports Network production.